0: Just as I am
1: without one plea, but that Thy blood was
0: shed for me. Welcome to episode number 30 of In the Word with Mel Bennett, the study of Scripture passages from the Word of God. My name is Steve Webb, and we're truly glad you're with us today. Pastor Bennett today has a truly powerful message. As I was putting this episode together today, it spoke to me in a very deep way. I pray your heart will receive it and be ministered to as I was. Our pastor speaks to us of the attention and care that Jesus has for us from the sixth chapter of the Gospel of John. Do you have your Bible? Let's see what Pastor B has today. Pastor, it's all
1: yours. Thank you, Steve. We're... Back this morning, trying to get into the Word of God and see what God has to say to us today from His Word. We're in the sixth chapter of John, the beginning at verse fourteen. We'll start reading in just a moment. Last week I told you that um, the sixth chapter, the early verses of the sixth chapter, dealt with the woman at the well. Uh, Really, that was wrong, and I want to correct myself. That was the fourth chapter, the early part of the verses of. Chapter number four. In the early part of the sixth chapter, Jesus feeds the 5,000. And that's what I want to talk with you about this morning. The feeding of the 5,000. And Jesus had fed the 5,000. And we begin reading now at verse number 14. After the people saw the miraculous sign that Jesus did, they begin to say, surely this is the prophet who has come into the world. Jesus, knowing that they intended to come and make him king by force, withdrew again to a mountain by himself. And when evening came, his disciples went down to the lake, where they got into a boat and set off across the lake for Capernaum. By now it was dark, and Jesus had not yet joined them. A strong wind blew, was blowing, and the waters grew rough. When they had rowed three or four miles, they saw Jesus approaching the boat, walking on the water, and they were terrified. But he said to them, It is I, don't be afraid. Then they were willing to take him into the boat, and immediately the boat reached the other shore where they were headed. Let's talk a little bit for a moment about what is taking place in this verse of Scripture. In the first 13 verses of chapter 6, we find the story of the feeding of the 5,000 men, not counting women and children. So there were more than 5,000 people there. We then come to our text. This is one of the most remarkable stories in all of John's gospel. Let's look at the story for just a moment. Jesus, knowing the people, refers to a hill. He retires to a hill nearby, knowing that the people had wanted to Make him king. Later, he and his disciples leave for the other side of the Lake of Galilee. It seems that they were knew where they were going. After rowing for about four miles in the middle of a terrific storm, Jesus appears walking on the water. Now, you can imagine the fear that entered their hearts when they first saw this man coming to them walking on the water. They believed and had, had declared that he was the Messiah, and yet, Evidently, they didn't really believe it because had they really believed it, they would not have been terrified. There are several things to consider, I think, in the events that lead up to the story of the walking on the water. First of all is this, Jesus watches. What a wonderful thought that is. Jesus knows exactly where you are and what your battle is. He cares. He's watching. He's observing what's going on in your life. So many times we think that God has forgotten us, that God isn't concerned about us, that he doesn't really care, but he does care. And he's watching us every moment. Even though the battle was raging, even though the disciples were fighting the storm, Jesus knew what was going on. And he cared very much about what was happening that day. The second thing that I know is Jesus, Jesus comes. He came and enabled the disciples to get to safety. He will come. Sometimes after we have been in the battle for some time, we think that Jesus isn't coming, but he will come. He will come and help us. That's his promise. He says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. The, the, no matter what the storm is, no matter how difficult the time gets, Jesus is right there by our side to help us. He, so we find out first he will come, and then he will hear us, and he will come and help us. And Finally, he helps us, praise God. It would do us very little good if he came only, but he comes that he might help. The Bible tells us he is a very present help in time of need. We're never left alone in the battles of life, but Jesus is always with us. Think of it, friend. Jesus never leaves us. He will says he's a present help in time of need. Think of that for a moment. When you're going through the battle, when you're going through a storm, when the battle is raging in your life, Jesus is there, present to help in the time of need. What a wonderful Savior he is. Praise his wonderful name. Then, fourthly, I find this. Jesus brings us to the shore safely. Not only did he come, not only does he come to help, but he will make sure we are safely on the other side. To John, they were immediately there. Listen, sometimes it's not immediate. Sometimes it takes a while for the storm to subside and Jesus to come, it seems like. But when He comes, He will bring us safely to the other shore. Psalm 107.30 says, Then they were glad when it grew calm, and He guided them to their desired haven. This was written some hundred years or more before Jesus ever had this incident. But it's almost as though it was speaking of the in- incident that they were in. They were glad when it grew calm, and he guided them to their desired haven. In the presence of Jesus, the longest journey seems short, and the hardest battle seems easy if we'll trust Him. It is a wonderful thing that the old fisherman John, turned evangelist, found the hey, beauty of the Christian life in the storm of the story of the storm. May God help each of us to remember the message of John's gospel when when we are in a storm. He watches, he comes, he helps, and he will take us safely to the other shore. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, follow on with me as we read on in verses 22 through 28. The next day, the crowd that had stayed on the opposite shore of the lake realized that only one boat had been there. And that Jesus had not entered it with his disciples, but they had gone away alone. Then some boats from Tiberius landed near the place where the people had eaten the bread after the Lord had given thanks. Once the crowd realized that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they got into the boats and were taken to Capernaum in the search of Jesus. When they find him, on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus answered, I tell you the truth. You're looking for me, not because you saw miraculous signs, but you, because you ate the loaves and you had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures into eternal life. Which the Son of Man will give you, on Him God the Father has placed His seal of approval. The people were astonished that Jesus was already on the other side of the lake. Let, let's look at some of the things John found as it, as we have told as we noticed this this story. First of all, the reaction of the mob. These Jews believed the Scripture in Deuteronomy eighteen fifteen. It says, the Lord, your God, will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you. From among your own brothers, you must listen to him. Now, they had heard and seen the miracles that Jesus did. He healed the sick. He fed them. He fed over 5,000 people at one time. Many wonderful things had been accomplished and done. And they were ready to make him king. But not too long after this same similar type of a mob would cry, crucify him. Why would this mob want to replace this? such a claim on him? First of all, he gave them what they wanted. He healed them. He fed them. He worked miracles amongst them. And they would have made him king, their leader. There, There is a, a bought loyalty. But what do you do? When the the leader no longer does what you want him to do, each of us must ask ourselves, why are we following Jesus? And I think it would do our leaders today good to ask the same question when they are uh, so popular because they're willing to give people everything they want. You see, my friend, you cannot continue to do it. You can't because eventually you run out. Now we print money like it's crazy, but we're going to run out one day. And when we run out, what are the people going to do then? The person who is earthbound is living but a lie. The person with a vision looks at the horizon and sees the stars, which is a better life. I ask you the question this morning which is the better life? Which is the better life? Would you rather look at the stars or would you rather be lifebound and earthbound in all your vision? Now, Jesus is on the other side, and the crowd wants to know how he got there. It, it, it's interesting. He got there so soon. How did, how did it happen? Notice he does not answer their question, but goes straight to the issue. He says this. You have seen some marvelous things in your lives. Things, but you were so caught up in the food, you missed the point. Instead of turning your thoughts to God, your thoughts were only on the bread. Jesus then said, do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life. Listen to Isaiah the prophet when he said, why spend money on what is not need bread, and your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me, he says, and eat what is good and your soul will delight in the richest affair. What he's saying is there are two kinds of hunger, physical hunger, which physical food satisfies, and there is spiritual hunger, which physical food can never satisfy. Only Jesus can satisfy the longing of the heart and the incompleteness of life. There are three great hungers spiritually that people hunger after. Truth, life, and love. And only Jesus can truly satisfy all of these hungers. Why can he alone meet these needs? Notice, on him, God the Father has placed his seal of approval. He says a seal that had a binding effect. God has placed his seal on Jesus and on these truths that are found in Jesus. Truth, life, love. Truth is God's word. Life eternal is only to be found in God. God is love, and no one ever loved like Jesus. Listen, I urge you today to take Jesus as your Savior, to continue to give your life and your total life only to the only one who can satisfy the deepest longings of your heart and soul. His name is Jesus. If you will trust him today, he can make all of the difference in your life. They, 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 Then they asked him, what must we do to do the works of God r- required? Jesus answered, the work of God is like this, to believe in the one who he has sent. When Jesus thought of doing good works, he was totally thinking in a different direction than the Jews of that day. They believed there were three classes of people, those who did good works, those who did not do good works. And those who were in between. They expected Jesus to lay down a set of rules to follow. Instead, he set down a way of life that comes through relationship. God was looking for faith, and faith comes from a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, a relationship that is built on friendship, and friendships are not afraid of each other. The whole essence of Christianity is that we would Never have known what God is like if Jesus had not come to show us what it is like. What did he show us of God? God is love, God is holiness, and God is wisdom. Those three things are great issues. Oh, I wish I had time to explain them and expound on them just a little bit. Perhaps we'll get into it a little bit next week. You see, he offered a relationship that was offered by God. A relationship which was alone made possible by the revelation which Jesus gave to of God. And thirdly, a relationship which issues in the service, purity, and the trust which are the revelation of God. Oh, learn to trust Him, my friend. If you learn to trust in God and trust Him for your salvation, for the hope of your life, you'll find a true joy in serving Jesus. Let's pray, shall we? Father, we thank you for this opportunity that we've had today to share the good news of Jesus Christ with these people. Cause your word to become powerful in our lives and in our hearts. Bring about the transformation that is needed and necessary in each of us. Oh God, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. We'll see you in, in- Talk to you again in a week.
0: Hallelujah and amen. Thank you, Pastor, for loving God and allowing Him to speak through you. If this message spoke to your heart, beloved, as it did mine, I know that he would love to hear from you. You can email him at B at lifespringmedia.com. I know that it would give him great joy to hear from you. I hope you'll join us next time. The best way to get all of Pastor Bennett's podcasts is to subscribe. Of course, it's free. If you have a podcast app, just search in your app for "In the Word with Mel Bennett. Or you can subscribe at subscribe.lifespringmedia.com. There's even a way there for you to receive an email whenever a new episode is published. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May He make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you peace.